In Matthew chapter 24, as well as its parallel passages of Mark 13 and Luke 21, we have an incredible instance of Jesus himself prophesying. And as that prophecy is recorded, as Jesus sits down privately with some of his closest followers to explain that prophecy, we recognize, as is true with most biblical prophecy, that Jesus wasn't there describing things for the far-off, distant future. That's often how we read it. though. We drop into Matthew chapter 24 and we see the things Jesus is describing as being things that we experience in our own day, but that's not exactly the picture. If we instead appreciate what it was Jesus was saying, where he was saying it, when he was saying it, who he was saying it to, then we can not only more accurately handle the prophecy that Jesus gave, but it'll fill us up, not with fear, but with confidence and hope. In Matthew 24, beginning with the first verse, Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, you see all these, do you not? Truly, I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Oftentimes, when we recognize what Jesus is saying here as a prophecy, we have a tendency to be a little selfish with it, to make it all about us, to treat everything that Jesus is saying here as though it's about things that haven't happened yet, that will happen in the future. And the problem with that approach is we miss an opportunity to be tremendously built up in our faith as we see the reality of what Jesus was saying there. We often find ourselves being distracted, searching the headlines or reading social media conspiracy theories and trying to interpret how this advance by a company or this statement by a politician or this event in geopolitical affairs internationally might be a sign that Jesus is coming soon. But if we take Jesus's words and place it solidly in the context in which he originally said it, it gives a much different picture. 
Because as we have learned that biblical prophecy is often dealing with the lifetimes of the people that the prophet is speaking to, Jesus is clearly addressing things that those apostles gathered there with him, hearing him teach these things, are going to see and experience. Because while they did ask about signs related to Jesus's coming and the end of the age, what was the first question they asked? When will these things be? And in context of Matthew 24, what were those things? Jesus' statement that the temple in Jerusalem would be leveled so that not one stone would be standing on another. That isn't something that's still awaiting fulfillment. All the things that Jesus described in the first part of his response to those apostles are things that we have already seen unfold in history, things that we saw unfold in history within years and decades of Jesus making this prophecy. For example, as Jesus described false Christs leading many astray and war and rumors of war, when he describes there being times of national conflict and famines and earthquakes. These are all things that we see taking place within first century Roman world, within first century Palestine, where Jerusalem was located. In fact, the book of Acts captures some of these things, like in Acts chapter 11, when another prophet among the early followers of Jesus named Agabus foretold a famine that would come in the days of Claudius. So this very thing that Jesus said would happen there in the early AD 30s would come to pass within 10 or 15 years of when Jesus said it would happen. Or when Jesus warned that there would be false prophets who would arise to call many away. We recognize that dynamic coming to play in Acts 13 as the Apostle Paul's on his first missionary journey and he's trying to proclaim Jesus before others, but there's some among them that are working magic and misleading others. Or whenever he describes persecution coming on his fall. We certainly see that unfold almost immediately as the gospel would first be proclaimed there in Jerusalem. And as the same Jewish council that condemned Jesus to death would arrest his apostles, threaten his apostles, beat his apostles. We certainly see that martyrdom, people being persecuted to the point of giving their lives for Jesus, when Stephen would be executed by that council in Acts chapter 7. And that would stir up persecution that would cause Christians everywhere to scatter through Acts chapter 8. Or when Herod would have the apostle James executed in Acts chapter 12 and would soon arrest Peter with intentions of doing the same. No, when you look at what Jesus said would happen, even if you only use the book of Acts as a reference, you see everything Jesus said would happen, happening even within the lifetime of the apostles. So instead of taking what Jesus is describing here and projecting it out far into the future, we can instead look and see that everything that Jesus said would happen really and truly did. And when we go beyond that period of the book of Acts, which captures roughly 30 years from the time that Jesus was resurrected and then ascended into heaven until about 30 years later when the Apostle Paul reached Rome, the capital of this global empire with the gospel. When Paul, in what was likely house arrest in the city of Rome, wrote Colossians. And in the New Testament letter of Colossians, chapter 1 and verse 6, says, in the whole world, 
the gospel was bearing fruit and increasing. We see everything here through verse 14 is taking place. And as we read some of the other New Testament letters, we can certainly see the concern rising about the false teachers coming along, misleading many. We can see the concern rising over the love and faith of many Christians growing cold. So instead of reading Acts chapter 24 and going through verse 14 and feeling a great deal of trepidation, Instead of reading Acts 24 and watching a bunch of YouTube videos showing us why something that Microsoft did or something that Pfizer did or something that a political party did or a foreign government did as being a sign that Jesus is about to come, what we can instead do is read this passage and recognize what Jesus says will happen. Happen. And if the way Jesus' prophecy here conforms in amazing detail to exactly what we know happened in history, both through the book of Acts and the New Testament letters and outside historical sources, if that already weren't enough. Wait until next time when you hear how fully Jesus predicted what would take place with the destruction of Jerusalem around AD 70.